Welcome to Teach Out Loud Podcast, where we highlight all the amazing educators in our state and beyond that are making a difference every day for kids. Teach Out Loud is about bringing your passion and your best self to what you are doing every day. It's trying new things, sharing ideas, and being the best version of you. It's living life to the fullest, growing, and not being afraid to take those risks. Come on this journey with us and Teach Out Loud. I'm Travis Lape. And I'm Lisa Norris. And together we are on a journey to share and highlight amazing things happening in schools today. Welcome to another episode of Teach Out Loud. Today's guest is a dear friend, Lisa, of both of ours. Super excited. I am excited to be here. We're actually in a recording studio for the first time. <laughs> With a really cool microphone. <laughs> this will probably be the best audio we have yet. Kristen Mulder comes with over 25 years of educational experience. She has spent the past 15 years at Sioux Falls Christian. Her current role title at the school is Director of Digital Education. She has her undergrad from Sioux Falls College and received her master's from the one, the only, the University of Sioux Falls. Can I just say I'm going to stop letting you invite guests if they're always going to be from the University of Sioux Falls, but go ahead. Well, our listeners really should start doing a tally. (laughs) Augie, USF. Uh, Kristen enjoys spending time with her family. I can't wait to gain some new knowledge today, Lisa, talking about technology and just how it's changed in her 25 years in education. Oh, yeah, for sure. Technology especially has changed a whole bunch. But welcome, Kristen. We're glad that you're here. Thank you. Um, We want to start, though, with your why. Why did you get into education? We have to think back quite a long time of why I did get into education, but I think that I have always enjoyed learning, and uh, I remember back to the days when in our basement my dad had brought home from he was a janitor at the school and brought home a old desk that they had there and I had a chalkboard and chalk yes that old and uh, (laughs) I would sit down and have my brothers sit down and I would teach them some lessons and uh, I think I just always enjoyed explaining things to people and trying to help them kind of understand things as well not saying that I was a know-it-all I hope I wasn't that way but uh, I enjoyed just passing on that knowledge but um yeah, I think that I, I'm really a relational person, and uh, that was a real opportunity for me in teaching. You get that relationship every day, and every day is different. I think that that's yeah. probably true, too. I get I did do an office job in some years uh, in between in the summer just to fill in some time when I was uh, older here in my education time, <laughs> and I was no offense to any. But in an office job, I appreciate what you do. But for me, I just needed it to be um, crazy. Maybe that's the worst. Yeah, and it's true. Every day is different. You never know what's going to happen, yeah. what's going to pop up, and yeah. what your learners are going to be doing that day. So. And the world has changed. In 25 years, technology's changed. Just a little. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, I mean, for our listeners, just to kind of even a little more background, Kristen is just so humble, humble in how she approaches everything she does but she she travels she helps school districts she helps teachers understand the tools that are in front of them Um, and she does a lot of teaching at the college level as well on her time off from from school and i appreciate her so much when she liked helped out with our easy 82 conference and our ed camps that have gone on always willing to jump in and does a fabulous job so so for our listeners we have a great guest on the show today to really dive into maybe even sharing a little bit now of what has changed in technology from when you started working with teachers and supporting them to now what what do staff or what do teachers need to be supported when they're integrating the technology into the classroom yeah that's a big question i I really appreciate as i can look back and see um what part of that time frame I've been a part of to uh, just think about 
what I got to start out in education as and, and just the significant changes that I have seen over the time and just to be a part of that. Uh, some for good, some for bad, um, and but that's sure. with anything that yeah, you add sure. to society. And, and so even now in my 25th year, I look at some of the changes with a little bit of a saddened heart, but then I also acknowledge that that's my opportunity to help students to work through that as well. Um, right. But yeah, it's interesting. I had read a quote somewhere, and this is like I said, by no stretch my quote, but I, I think it was something like, uh, we used to learn how to use technology, and now we use technology to learn. Uh-huh. And Good. it's kind of, I, that's kind of the pendulum swing for me where when I first started teaching even students, you taught them what the power button was, what a shutdown was. You taught them how, <laughs> right. you know, the input and how right. you print and how do I even use this thing. Um, and, and now, it, Unfortunately, I do think sometimes that gets misconstrued. I think that now students come in and teachers think the kids intuitively, somehow through osmosis, know how to do those things. So That's I, a really good point. Yeah, I do think we're missing yeah. some of that structure to it. Kids are learning how to do it, but I think they're missing out on some of the uh, real pivotal, important parts of how to use it. I don't think they're doing things efficiently and effectively. Right. Especially, you know, you can talk about a Google search all you want forever, and it, our kids could waste a ton of time and get on rabbit trails, um, not just just by being distracted, but by no, not knowing how to effectively use that tool. And so I, I think there's a little bit of a, a midsection there that we've lost a little bit and gained a little bit as I well. think that's a really good point. I remember when I was growing up, I always talked to my kids about, we used to have encyclopedias. And if the letter D was checked out, then I couldn't learn about dogs because the letter D was gone and I had to wait for it to get returned to the library. And so that was the pits. But now kids go on and we look up dogs and there's so much information and then how to sort through that information and how to pick and choose what you want to use. And uh, yeah, it's, I agree with what you were saying there. So you're saying I shouldn't put a full sentence in the Google search of what I want? (laughs) You want to waste time? You go right ahead. <laughs> well, but I think I think you bring up a good point. I mean, how many times do we see kids do that, mm-hmm. where they put in a full sentence, or you know, they're not using the quotation marks around certain terms to really dive into what am I looking for? Exactly, and I think that's an old skill in a new setting. Yeah. You know, right. yep. we would teach students to summarize and to uh, be able to kind of quickly look through the chapter to get an idea of what we're going to be talking about. We would do that with books before. Um, but now, you know, it's kind of a, uh, how do you do that in an internet where you literally can drown in the information? I had to laugh, our oldest son is a, a sophomore in college and he works at the um, Health and Human Sciences Library at Creighton University for his work study. And just okay. the other night we were talking to him about some of the things that he does to help, he works with grad students and help them find some information. And my husband brought up and asked him in a joking way, do you have microfiche? And he kind of laughed at that. And my son looked at him and said, we actually do. There are very few people who use it, but we do have it. Wow, that's really and, yeah, involved. Yeah. And so just to see that that part of it, um, you know, you still have to have the search skill. You still have to have the ability to, again, like we said, pare down on, focus in on what you're looking for. Right. But it's just now in an overwhelming way. And I think that that comes back to some of what maybe saddens my heart is just that our students don't have a pause for the cause. They just are mm. constantly inundated. Mm. And I just um, just would like for them to be still for a little while and soak in some information. I don't think our kids kind of that inch deep and mile wide right I now. Like that. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, I think we're losing the depth of thought sure. because there's so much for them to choose from. And it's so fast paced. I mean, we live in now a world that we're getting feedback faster than ever before. Yeah, instant, right there it is. 
Yeah. For sure. Are there any like really cool things that pop out, like the things that kids are really loving to do? I know you talked about earlier there were students who wanted to start their own podcast <laughs> or videos or, you know, different things like that. What are some of the, I want to say, hip things that are going on right now? <laughs> it's funny you ask that because I... Um, we work with a, another tech gal in a school in Iowa, and she loves all of those kind of wow <laughs> tools. And uh, we have that conversation often because I really am probably the slower to adopt version of a tech person. I, I um, will weed through it for quite a while. I will kind of vet it out, if you will, and make sure that it's got some real educational teeth to it. But that's not always a great thing either. But I'm a little bit slower to adopt a certain thing. But I say that as we're sitting in a room and we have virtual reality. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, virtual reality. That's what freaks me out. I don't, don't get it. But, but we use it with um, Google Tilt Rush is a tool that does three-dimensional painting and sculpting. And so I'm kind of intentional about, okay, who, you know, we're going to give a few students that try with it and uh, they know if they come in we're gonna focus on it they asked me right away what games you have loaded in here and I said gaming is for home and so I know that there'd be some who would argue with me and say oh gaming can be put in the educational space and I kind of try to um, mix a little bit of of what they want with what they need to get so I think we call it edutainment if well, you will, and you, you know, say gaming, some... but our last guest, he made his own book and his whole thing on yep. gaming. Yep. You know, and and I, so... I mean, you know, if I think if you put a, a real focus to it, kids know what the intention is, right. regardless of how you present it, regardless of how the topic comes out that way. And kids have different uh, interests and different things. Even the students, the, the two high school boys that were doing a podcast with them, they came in thought that they were, or thinking that they were just going to kind of goof around and those kind of things. And they actually had to learn how to put one together. Sure. And how to, but they kept coming back. We are on week four, and so I don't think I scared them way too much. Um, but I think that kind of goes back to what educators, the root of our why is mm -hmm. we want to teach them something. I know that they know how to turn on their cameras and post something on Instagram that, you know, will get a thousand hits and whatever it is that they desire. But uh, can they really sift through what is impactful and, and what they really uh, want to be able to get their message across? So, yeah, so we have some virtual reality going on. Uh, we do Google expeditions. So we have some sets of um, virtual reality for the elementary kids more on the iPod touches cool. and use some of those in with it and uh, I hope to add a few more students and topics for podcasts after the first of the year I'd send out a Google form and just ask if there are other kids who are interested because we've just been sharing this one podcast and it's sports related so it's a wrap-up of sports and I know that there's plenty of other topics oh, and kids sure. out there so I sent it out and I couldn't believe I had 15 kids respond that night so wow. they had hopped on and responded they were very excited and just some of the topics they want to talk about so I'm really excited to give them that opportunity to do it and kind of do it outside of class you know so that I think that sometimes kids if they don't think there's a grade attached to it their passion maybe mm -hmm. will be able to come out a little bit um, and eventually I'd like to walk it back into the classroom with them but maybe they can be my lead examples on it and they can help train the students as well kind of a mentorship program even all the media stuff like they film uh, games or, or theater or yeah. music or whatever and then they turn that into a production of some sort right. you know which is amazing or come up with their own commercials or right. you know there's just so many things available I think back when <laughs> if we had a computer there was one you know and it might have been in the whole school and now everybody's one-to-one -to, -one. to me that's a big huge thing that I had seen was you know all the students have their own one-to-one -one things yeah. or like you had said their own phones or whatever it is but most of the time we're talking about ditto machines and I'm right. still trying to figure out what what Lisa's talking about uh, oh, come on, come on. the blue powder coming out <laughs> right. of this. Right. Oh, I know. 
I taught with a math teacher my first year in at Brandon Valley, my very first year of teaching. I was 22, and he had already been teaching for 24 years. Wow. And he wanted to keep his blue powder machine, yep. and yeah. it was to great. Let it dry, so it went smooth. And I remember when they said, this is the computer, Lisa, and this, look, you can put your grades in, and they'll average it for you. And I was like, wow, you know? So cool. But really, the things that you were talking about, the virtual reality, and those, I, it's hard for my brain to wrap around yeah. the things that kids can do yeah. and how many creative you know outlets there is for them which is amazing and i think so. for them to understand too that technology doesn't always mean electronics it doesn't always right. mean a computer i think that's really important for them right. to understand that the technology of old it's it's what helps us to achieve that task more efficiently more effectively something new we couldn't do before mm-hmm. um and so yeah we try to you know bring in a little bit of that history of it as well um i remember when i was doing some of the google expeditions at first with the uh, vr goggles and just just the small not tethered ones and Mm -hmm. um my grandmother who was 95 at the time 93 at the time and was still living and i had taken she loved looking at pictures on my phone anytime i'd visit her and Mm -hmm. uh, i took a set of goggles with me and my phone and uh my mom said please don't put her on a roller coaster (laughs) (laughs) she saw those videos but uh, i just put her in google street view in 3d and i asked her i just remember asking her hey grandma have you ever visited disney world oh no dear I've never and so I you know hand her those goggles and I just remember just seeing her immersed in that and just thinking how amazing it was for her to be able to see some of that and hopefully our kids at some point understand you know they have so much of it coming at them to see somebody who hasn't seen it before and then I just said to her shall we go to Italy and oh she thought that was just wonderful (laughs) and so that was a really you know to be able to use those and we have those students in class we have to remember that there are some for whom that access isn't always either I think that I I forget and I assume or we think they all have a phone and they all have and they all have but they don't and so offering them some opportunities that uh, maybe they don't have elsewhere is a really cool option too I'm going to ask you this because we had talked about this in another one of our shows do you think like now all of a sudden some of the reading curriculums are coming out where they don't even have the technology you know piece to it mm-hmm. because our kids are on for math and then they're on for reading and science and so then they're looking stuff up and then they're on their phone after school and their game is it almost too much? I mean, being a technology person, I'm just, because now all of a sudden I'm seeing let's go backwards a little bit and, and maybe step away from some of that. What What do you think about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I totally I knew agree. I liked her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, even as I, you know, have progressed through the years, I kind of, you know, if you look at that bell curve, I kind of, that's when I envision my 25 years in education sure. where the height of, you know, everything now access was available and so much easier. And I think that we just geeked out to too much. Mm-hmm. And kids, again, lost some skill in there. And, um, you know, we talk a lot about helping our kids with discernment, discernment of time, discernment of energy, discernment of what it is you're reading and watching and all of that. And I think that that just goes by the wayside. And so, yeah, re- you know, retreating just a little bit is is awesome because then you can pick up those other skills. So um, mm-hmm. even in, in training when we first started here at Sewell's Christian and start with our G Suite and our Chromebooks and all that, I told the teachers, I am not going to be one of those teachers or one of those tech people that'll say we're going paperless I'm just saying let's use less paper so you know for for some kids writing is difficult so they can't quite get their entire thoughts out so to me that's where it's awesome that audio and video is available sure because for me to hear a kid um, you know, I, I tell the students too, we were using Flipgrid last year, you know, a little video audio recording and some students, they, they didn't know how to speak their thoughts uh-huh. well. 
they could put a thousand YouTube videos out there, but they're all non-educational, goofy, entertainment-driven. Sure. And when you pull them back and say, now you got to speak your thoughts, uh, it was really awesome to hear them. And I said to the kids, when I read your paper written down, I read it in my voice, right. in my tone, in my inflection, with my sure. emphasis. This way, I hear it from you, and you emphasize to me what's important. You give me the peaks and valleys of your voice. And so I get so much more out of it. And to me, that's where if we can capture what technology can add to, right. um, but not replace. And so I think that what is moving out is what was just replacement, if you're looking at that SAMR model. And, yeah. uh, and so that's great, because there are some things for which writing is still way the preferred method. Right. Yeah. Well, even reading a book, Travis and I have talked about you open a book and you turn the page yeah. and you read from left to right. Well, then you go onto the screen and all of a sudden it's right there in front of you and they don't know to read from left to right and they read in the middle and they're jumping all over yes. the place because, right, we've had this mm -hmm. conversation and yep. how it's so much easier when you have that book in your hand and or we need to teach them how to read it on the computer, yeah. you know, so. Absolutely. And yeah. I think, too, that whole scrolling, the lost in. Yes. There's no start, <laughs> stop. There's never a, a process to right. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So w I think also for our listeners, it'd be good to kind of dive into a little bit of like, what are the big things? And you kind of touched on it here. When we start integrating technology into the classrooms, really what should our mindset be of thinking about how do we lessen design or how do we bring technology to make that meaningful experience so that it's not just that replacement? Because technically, if it's a replacement, then really, do we need to do, do it? Do we need it, right. right. So where is that crossing over? And what are you seeing your staff or even staffs you've worked with? What is your, what is your wisdom to them of really thinking through that? Sure. I, you know, when I look for, um, I look at the new flashy tools right. that come out and kind of try to uh, weed through them. I think about, um, again, I'm, I'm really a relational person. And my three sons, even, it has been really awesome to take them as my own examples in my mind because they are very, very different learners and they okay. are very different in social situations. And so when I think about each of them and uh, how different they need to approach projects or lessons in class, I think about ways that technology could help each of them differently. Oh. Um, and so I just, you know, my oldest son uh, would curl up before he wants to be in a video. Uh, and, and yet he, you know, and, and he writes, but it takes him quite a long time, you know, and my middle son, he'll speak in front of a group, he's okay with that. And my youngest son, he would rather act it out, you know, so they're each different. So I guess when I work with a teacher, I ask them a couple of questions, like, do you have something that you can't currently do on paper? Oh. You know, I wish I could give the kids an immersive view of Italy. We'll go back to sure. that, you know, so that's not as easily done. Yes, we can provide pictures, but if we want to give them, uh, for example, in our middle school social studies class, they were doing the pyramids of Egypt. Okay. So to give them the height feeling and use yeah. virtual reality, that was a much different view. They had looked sure. at images in books and that's great too. So I try to approach them with, is there something that you currently haven't been able to do that we could infuse into that. Right. And my other question sometimes, probably more when I work with teachers on their professional tasks, is 
what slows you down? Not that I think you have to go a thousand miles an hour, but what mm-hmm. drags you back? And is there a tool that can better help you use your time with the students or efficiently do right. something like that? And so I think those are probably my bigger two questions is just looking for ways that I can uh, support or help them. Like I said, there are sometimes I will just pull students to the side. I'm grateful I can do that and have them do maybe a little activity project task you know, um, with me and maybe it's not going to work for all 25 kids in the class, but that teacher mm-hmm. knows that there's a student or two who needs just a little something yep. and right. they have a real tech desire. And instead of them getting in trouble and trying to hack our Chromebooks <laughs> and our Google account. That doesn't happen. <laughs> but try to use it for positive. Yeah, try to figure sure. out what it is that they're really trying to do. They're not always trying to be naughty. They're just yeah. curious. So how can I help support that? But I thought about that too when I was writing my lessons. It's like, okay, so if they have to be on math for 30 minutes or 40 minutes for on the computer, well then for reading, let's put a book in their hand. Absolutely. But then if we have to research for this, then let's do hands-on for that. And just kind of make an awareness, I guess, of doing different things so you're like you say you're meeting the needs of those different learners Absolutely. in the classroom so okay are you gonna bring this up travis or am i gonna bring it up because i would don't do, this do big it discussion. you bring it okay so it's chrome right versus ipads ding 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 we're stepping <laughs> in the ring um chris i'm like you go first because you're a guest you side do your side first well <laughs> they, that's apples and oranges no pun intended because Chrome as an operating system is one thing, but Chrome as your web browser is another. So I know many iPad people who put Chrome on their iOS devices. <coughs> Travis. I'm one of them. <laughs> we'll make it very clear. We actually use all kinds of devices here. Sure. We have, uh, I think I just looked, and in our management system, we are managing 597 iPads in our oh, elementary. Wow. And we have some, actually, our high school visual arts class will use the iPads to do part of their project yeah. uh, next week or later this week for a project. And so to me, it's, again, it's back to which tool fits the project, the task best. Yeah. Um, I love I love the Google suite of tools. I worked um, a long number of years where the biggest uh, barrier, if you will, to get teachers and students to easily access tools was the setup of accounts. Okay. And, and logging in and maintaining emails and passwords just became so laborious that then teachers didn't want to use those tools. And that was probably my first five to seven years of tech. So really integration was more just painful. Right. So what I love about the Google suite was they were the first to capture and say, we will give you these 50 tools with right. one account and we'll let you manage the account. Right. And yeah. that just knocked me over like, wow, and it'll be online. And then they said the four letter word, free. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> Best for everybody. That's right. And so um, I think that's part of my love yeah. for what they do for education. And there's lots mm-hmm. of other discussion, whatever, but what they do for education and the uh, ability they give to us to manage the pieces that we do and do not want. I just sure. appreciate that about it. I, I love the iPads, especially for the elementary kids. We utilize them. Like I said, we use them for projects up in the middle and high right. school, um, but the students, the elementary use, you know, Seesaw in with that so they can do their portfolio. And, and the yeah. thing I like about Seesaw is that you can see and hear and capture pictures. So I, again, if the students are doing a math worksheet, you have I still can you see it. Yeah. There. If mm-hmm. I think that I want them to speak about their project, I can record with that. If I mm-hmm. want to see them, I can video record. And that gives us, again, that differentiation option. So mm-hmm. I am not 
against <laughs> Amy. Okay, so Travis, you're take then you're on the opposite team. You are for the Yeah, I, I I'm strong on the on the iPad. And really the the reason is exactly what Kristen kinda of talked about though. It's it's the idea of the flexibility of creation. You know, okay. like when we integrate technology into the classroom, I don't want technology to be the substitute for the textbook or the book. And so sometimes by giving them a device that's a little more on the creative side, it then ends up having to force you to think, okay, well, I can't have them read on the iPad because that just doesn't, you know, make sense. But can my kids make characters and can my kids drop little thing, you know, green screen videos in or what, you know, all the creation pieces or the manipulatives of math. And now I can, I can manipulate my screen with math manipulatives as well as explain my thinking. Sure, so now yeah. my teacher has yeah. all of it all captured in one, yeah. you know. So yeah. that's, where, that's where I've really gravitated to the iPad in the sense of really trying to rip off the Band-Aid of I don't want you just typing a paper. Right. Like if we're right. going to just type a paper or do a research project – Great. There's there's a device for that. <laughs> That's coming She's from smart. a guy who still thinks that the only thing you can do on your laptop is type in a Google Doc, and you've got to explode oh. that Because you know, Travis, we've got we Video is an awesome tool. We got all kinds of great creation tools on there. Yeah. And here's true. my thing: I is I do think that the progression of age brings yes. about the necessity of moving oh. from iPad. And again, we use the iPad when we come to those kind of projects. We've got kids in Spanish two who are creating Spanish books and they're using the iPad, but when they're done, they're going to export, export it out to Google Drive, then they're going to hop over on their Chromebook and they'll be able to do their typing. I think keyboarding is you know, probably one of yes. my biggest pieces and that's yeah. not keyboarding just for Google Docs, Microsoft Word, whatever you're saying. It's just the functionality of being able to quickly get some information. My other concern is until colleges change there's certain things that they are requiring of our students uh, that some of our high school we we've got to be able to give them some of that as they sure. move that way too so i am not anti-ipad <laughs> i'm just i'm pro multi so i'll say ding 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 <laughs> And I'd say we're both like a little above it at being of each other's, maybe. That's right. We're still friends. We have the same goals. And yeah, we, and I think that's do. the beautiful part I is that you so want to be able to differentiate. But it's good for our listeners to hear those sides, you know, the yeah. story, those kind of things. So, so we're coming to the end, I think. And so this is where we give our shout out. And what would be your shout out to the listeners today, Kristen? Oh, so much after 25 years. I don't know. Um, I think too, just, and this may just come with age, so I'm, I'm probably showing my age here. <laughs> but I think what I have found over all these years, and, and as I see uh, students back, you know, out in the stores, or I see them, you know, I hear about them at college, or, you know, I've done it long enough now that I've got students who have children, and, and, and all of right. that progression that you right. get to see when you've taught that long. Everything for me has pivoted back on relationships. Ah, oh, oh wow! I didn't know that. I was we not given a dollar for it. <laughs> but I, it's so true because I think that I have been blessed with the opportunity to um, get to know a little bit of a pocket about kids and say, okay, again, even if it means technology, uh, what can I do to help support you in that, or how can I help you feel comfortable in your education? And um, and I think teachers too. You know, I, I get to know. I work with all pre K through twelve, and so I get to know that. There's one teacher that I can bring the newest 
weirdest tool to say, hey, you want to try this out? And that teacher will geek out with me and we will both be like, oh, that didn't work, but that sure was fun. And we're okay right. with it. Right. Yeah. And there are some who I better have tested it with 15 teachers sure and it have it all written out you verbatim. That's right. And that's okay too. But I think, again, in relationships, I need, there are some too, though, uh, you get to figure out how far can I push them? Right, you without know, having I, to freak out or right, something. Right, I know that. You know, there's one particular teacher here, even in the high school, when we <laughs> introduced the Google Suite at the time, Google Apps for Education, and we were switching, and seven years ago, uh, we're sitting in the library, and I'm starting out this in-service, and I'm very excited because our server had been hit the year before, and we had to pull in every piece of hardware we had in the whole school, and we just knew at that time, like, we just need to get in the cloud. We need some support yeah. here. So I was so excited about the switch. As I started into presenting and telling her, crying, and I felt horrible Aww. about what I was doing to her. And she now is one of our best users. She's got <laughs> Google Forms, and she's doing language arts. She's got Google Drawings going on, and she calls me down all the time. But I thank her often for trusting me yeah, and right. knowing that I'm there to partner with her. And that's why I try to tell you know the teachers and the students, even if you know when I'm, I'm blessed to go talk to other schools, and I'll just say. When I leave, you can still email me. I want them to know that I want to support you as far as I can or as far as you need. Right. Um, but again, that's to me, that's that relationship building. I get to know their needs. And some of them don't need. I'll have some of them that I'll show them a tool and then I'll say, hey, how can I help you? And they'll say, back off. I'm doing great. <laughs> and so I have to be okay with that too. Um, oh, but, that's great. Yeah. Great advice. And thank you so much for being here. Both thank you, guys. I truly appreciate you. And you were doing so much. You were a game changer, making the difference oh. in so many people's lives. And we just appreciate you being here. So, Oh, thank you. I love um, what you guys are doing with this. <laughs> hey, it's been, it's been fun. fun. <laughs> it's been fun. And until next time. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Be part of the community. Be part of the solution. And until then, teach, teach out loud. loud.